Welcome to the TEFL Training Institute podcast, the bite-sized TEFL podcast for teachers, trainers, and managers. Hi, everyone. And today we've got our special guest, Matt Courtois. Hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going? Good to have you on. Yeah, yeah finally you. we've got Matt on the show. Matt, do you want to say something very quickly about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I work for a large online education company. Uh, I guess I'm, I, I manage the training team there. Great. Um, I wanted to tell you guys about something that happened to me a couple of weeks ago. For my job, I had to film a lesson. So it was the first class I'd taught in a little while. And before... I was so nervous. I was having trouble sleeping the night before because I was worried so much about what I was going to do in my lesson. And it really got me kind of empathizing with how teachers feel when they get observed mm. when they teach. Because I think, like all of us, kind of get blasé about observing people, right? Mm. But when I was just filming myself, there was no one else even in the room. I was really, really, really nervous about it. Certainly, I thought what we could do today was talk about if you're a teacher, how can you survive your next observed class? What are some things that you might do differently when you're being observed to what you would do normally? Cool. And so we've got three parts. And the first part is what can teachers do before the observation? And the second? What can you do in the observation? And finally, Matt, what can you do after the observation? So I guess before the lesson, I don't think we need to talk so much about planning. planning, you know, we could do, and we have done a whole podcast on that, but what are some other things maybe out with the plan that you think teachers need to do to prepare for an observed class? I know, like, you reminded me of, like, mm. I was thinking about classroom things that you can do before the lesson, and, yeah. and there's mm. such easy things you can do, right? And, like, getting the seating out of that lecture style seating and just put it into a horseshoe like know how many students you're gonna have yeah mm. uh have your board work planned like have it a nice layout prepared. like section off the board before you come in mm. right yeah yeah or something really basic check the marker yeah is it working yeah. Mm. and the lights air conditioner um computer, computer. projector yeah because in a regular class if those things break down it's no big deal but if they break down in a observed class it can be a disaster if you have you've got an hour to show sure. your stuff mm. and you spend five minutes of it looking for a new marker then that's that can be quite disastrous so for me one of the most important things that a teacher can do before the class is know what's expected of them because i think pretty much every time i've observed there's been slightly different standards or a slightly different form and i think if you're being observed you need to make sure you know exactly what you're being assessed on so i know some places i've worked it's like at the beginning of the class you have to write the aim on the board and if you don't do that you get marks off or the beginning of the class you have to go over the homework with the students and you have to set homework at the end or there has to be interactions between the students and the class yeah i know and in, in, in my in my company now i spent a long time creating the rubric to observe mm. teachers on and, and i think it's true of every company your observer is there to make sure you're meeting those standards yeah 
and I guess in an ideal world, they should have sent that to you beforehand. But if they haven't, then you should probably ask for that and find out what exactly is expected of you. Yeah, I think that's mm. a fair question. Yeah. I think most observers would probably <laughs> give it to you. Like, it's yeah. not a surprise. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Well, what about then? Because I think for a lot of courses and a lot of, you know, even when I was a manager as well, a sort of a standard procedure was before the class, the observer meets with the teacher and they say, okay, can you tell me what you've got planned today? Can you tell me a bit about what's in the plan? Do, do you guys have any tips for things for teachers like in that meeting, the pre-observation meeting, what, what you would tell them to do or not to do? In the, in the lesson itself, yeah. as an observer, I kind of, I like to see teachers responding to the students who are in the classroom and not sticking to the lesson plan exactly as they mm. prepared for it. You're teaching the students in the room. You're not just going through the lesson plan. And in that pre-lesson discussion, I think it's great if they, if the teacher can show they have spent time thinking about those individuals who they'll be teaching, if yeah. possible. Yeah. Did Did you ever find like I'm thinking about those questions? Like yeah. when I'm asking questions of of the observees before the lesson, like a lot yeah. of times people view it as accusations oh, like, like right. I'm trying to steer them away from doing this mm. and I'm really not and I don't think any observer does that like I remember getting that advice for like as a new manager when you have that chat like don't freak the person out and mm. like question them so I would guess that's quite so you're saying thing. it was my fault <laughs> <laughs> so I guess in that situation you don't want to start second guessing yourself at mm. the 11th hour right before you mm. go in and probably best to stick with what you've spent time preparing I guess for during a lesson I think it's kind of easy to just talk about like things you should do in any regular lesson but I guess like one of the biggest differences then for being observed is you're likely to be nervous so I mean I guess one of the problems of being nervous is is you end up talking faster you end up talking more what are some ways around that do you think standing in front of the mirror and then see how their body language is because it's definitely going to affect and how the students going to or the observer perceive you as a teacher yeah. right and if you feel nervous maybe you can just you know deep take deep breath and then make sure that you break the long sentences into small sentences and then always remember you pause between different utterances and give yourself a few seconds to think about what you're going to talk about, what you're going to say to your students. Yeah. I know for me, I, I try and do, in those situations where I am know I'm going to be nervous, I, I do this, the power poses in the bathroom. Oh, like, yeah? did, you, did you guys do that? I think do everyone's you... seen the TED Talk of that, where you, you know, you stand in the, the sort of Superman pose or superwoman pose or whatever mm. it is right and you try and uh, get more testosterone through doing that i've tried it out I, it, it might work for you ross it's not my thing though. You're, you're sitting like that now so yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I always find for me though that that kind of helped with the nerves and um, for me one other sort of main problem that teachers have i think in classes is you know we always say teach the students don't teach the plan right mm. and you want to be responsive to the learners 
But I think that's so much harder if you're being observed and you've spent a lot of time on a plan because you kind of feel really invested. Mm. Whereas, you know, normally you plan something, it's like a shopping list on a, on a bit of paper, right? The lesson you observed me on, Tracy, <laughs> in the dip, I remember I planned all this stuff. I got pictures of, of my students and stuff like that. Yeah. And then a lot of them were absent from the lesson. And uh, and I just went with the lesson, and I was I was I was, I was frustrated because I'd spent so many yeah. hours working on this lesson plan because the way I reacted to this change was not good. Like so, I mean, like I don't mind if students don't get everything or if an activity doesn't work, but if the teacher reacts to that poorly, yeah, in the lesson, like if if they're visibly upset about it, like that's not good you know yeah and i find that often happens with like stuff breaking like i can remember doing it myself as a trainee like showing this video and the video like stuttered and didn't play and then it kind of threw me off and i remember afterwards it was like how did the lesson go and i was like oh the video <laughs> and i find so often when you ask teachers afterwards you know how did the lesson go and they're like oh you know like whatever it is like oh my powerpoint didn't work mm. and you're like well, as the observer, I, I hardly noticed yeah. that, mm. right? But those seem to be the things that teachers often fixate on. And I, I guess then the, the tip is to not worry about those things, right? Because they're probably not as big of a deal as you think they are and just move on. And like you say, if you let it get to you and you show mm. your frustration, that's probably likely to have a much bigger and a much worse effect than mm. the actual thing not working in the first place. I think the worst thing you can do is is, is say anything remotely aggressive in a, in a in, a, in an ESL classroom room. Yeah, and again, that's probably something you might not normally do, but because you're kind of under a bit more stress and pressure, then you're probably more likely to, to do that than normal, maybe, right? So let's talk a bit about after the lesson. So I think the standard thing you're expected to do after a class is usually they'll give you some feedback, but often they'll ask you some questions first about how the class went, you know, what you might do differently. A any things that you sort of things that you guys would advise teachers to say or not to say? Again, from the perspective of the observer having asked reflective questions to trainees before. Yeah. My thought going into that as the observer is that I'm trying to train the teacher to think about their lessons and reflect on their mm. lessons a little bit. I'm not trying to get teachers to say this was the best lesson ever, the worst lesson ever. I'm mm. trying to get them to think about it mm. and teach them how to do that after every lesson. Mm. And so I think if the teacher is responsive to that and and is trying to do this reflective practice stuff like that's what i'm looking for so mm. and i would say care about the quantity less than the quality of the things that you felt did really well or didn't work very well oh. for example you might have i don't know 10 or 20 or even 30 40 different points and on the observation form or anything but you really don't have to cover all of them yeah. it's impossible you always can find something to work on but just look at a couple of things that you want to talk about in depth right because like matt just mentioned being reflective not just talk about, oh i didn't do really well one two three four five two until ten <laughs> i want to hear so point one why it didn't work how students reacted to it what, what would you change i think the key point there is prioritizing what mm. were the most important things because exactly. like you say you can always find things that went wrong but but another point that i think kind of leads into that is if you have and pretty much usually you do have sometime between the end of the lesson and the, the chat afterwards 
I think it's so important to use that time. Mm, that's... To, yeah, to take yeah. notes and to decide like what the things you are you're going to speak about. Because I see a lot of teachers will just, after a class, will just sit and hang out with the students or something. Or if the lesson's running over, they'll just keep teaching. And you're like, that's such an important time to spend mm. and take some notes and, and get ready, right? Okay, so one other thing I wanted to talk about was the sort of, I guess it's the, the cycle coming right round, which is obviously usually after you've been observed and you reflect and you might write your journal, you probably get some feedback from the, the tutor. And at some point, you'll get observed again, right? Maybe by the same tutor or the same manager. I guess my sort of final point on this with the squaring the circle is that when you come to teach the next class, that you look back to the notes from the previous class on what you got told mm. that you can improve. Well, idea in a perfect world, like you're, you're looking back at those notes periodically through, be, before the next observation. And it's something that you're actually, it's, these are skills that you're actually developing in your everyday teaching rather than just for observation. Did, did you have a system for that then of like after you did get that feedback was it i have have you ever heard i, I don't i don't have a system yeah. but like have you ever heard of this there's a psychological term called rumination wow where it's 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 they associate it with depression but it's i'm not I'm, this is not a cry for help <laughs> but it, it's so it's actually refers to um a cow having multiple stomachs and that it digests food several times. And so I find that I have this habit whenever I receive f feedback, especially critical feedback. I think I go through that again and again and again. Like, and, and I think it's good for improving yourself. It's, it's, I mean, it's bad. It's bad maybe for <laughs> depressive people or whatever. But, but, it, but for a teacher, I think you should be critical of yourself sometimes. And you should be thinking about ways you could improve. And, and having that second opinion of that observer and, and, and what they had said, if, if you can ruminate on that, I think it's really yeah. Alright, quick wrap up. What's your top tip for a teacher that's about to get observed tomorrow? It infuriated me when I had a manager <laughs> who gave me this tip after an observation, ah. but uh, I actually like the tip. Be yourself. Like, wow. be comfortable. If you're funny, be funny. Like, be like. However, it is that you need to relax and be yourself. Do that. Just relax. If it didn't go really well, and just look into it and see what you can do and what you need to improve. How about you, Ross? We didn't really touch on this earlier, but I think it would just be know the one thing that you want the students to get out of the class. Matt, thank you very much for coming to our podcast today. It was my pleasure, Tracy. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. See ya. For more podcasts, videos, and blogs, visit our website www.tefltraininginstitute.com. If you've got a question or a topic you'd like us to discuss, leave us a comment. And if you want to keep up to date with our latest content, add us on WeChat at Tefl Training Institute. If you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us on iTunes. Bye.